Right, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome along to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, the podcast about nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know about a company that helps me keep the lights on, 33 Fuel. 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products, lovely people. All whole food based, all plant based. We're talking chia seed energy gels, greens powders, protein powders, energy bars, protein bars. You can get 10% off your first order by using Matt10 at checkout. They're a really good company. And if you're interested in hearing more, then go back to the list of my shows and select some of the running ones or the running focus podcasts, because I tend to talk a lot about uh, the 33 fuel products because I use them on my bimbles. Um, obviously, you'll be able to see their information in my show notes too. So just have a ganders. Hope you enjoy and you get a cheeky little bit of money off from listening to the show. Mega. Right, lovely people. This is a really special episode. I'm really looking forward to introducing you to a chap called Darren Springer, aka Darren LeBaron. So Darren is a researcher. He has a career as a speaker. Um, I actually sat in front of him at an event recently focused on mushrooms. So we had a three-course meal. We went around the gallery focusing on mushrooms at Somerset House and he was just such a captivating individual. I'm really looking forward to having another conversation with him and this show is just basically, um, it's going to be all about Darren's experiences around mushrooms, um, Darren's experience of being a horticulturist, uh, a permacultural teacher and facilitator. So without any further ado, please let me introduce you to Darren. Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Lola, it's really good to have you here. And um, yeah, in the intro, I kind of spoke to people about how I came across you at an event in Somerset House and how you're uh, working there, growing mushrooms in old coffee grounds. So I think it'll be great to hear a little bit about yourself to start with and a bit about the kind of work you're doing there too. Sure. So... um... I have a background in horticulture. That's, you know, I'm a trained horticulturalist, and for the last ten years, I've been teaching and training primarily young people, but all people in the community, um, organic food growing. And I work with young people primarily, as I mentioned, 14 to 16 year olds who've been kicked out of school or on the verge of being permanently excluded, or just returning from prison. And we develop food enterprise project in and around the London and the young people you know learn to survey the sites they learn how to grow food distribute and sell food sorry mate. Matt I just want to check in is, that, is, is the noise okay yeah mate I can hear you I can hear you yeah we'll just crack on I'm sure it'll come in and out but yeah I can hear you so basically you're working a lot with young people around growing foods and um, that's that's obviously just not around mushrooms as well is that kind of vegetables that grow above the ground below the ground what's yeah, the kind so of story there you got it so that's like that's the food growing in general organic food growing you know the idea is from seed to plate so we could gauge young people in learning all about food how to grow food as well as you know how to the nutritional content as well as how to cook food um the idea is that you know i work with young people who pretty much got in trouble for you know breaking the law getting in trouble in school or on the streets and uh, most of them, you know, are engaged in, you know, criminal activities. So the idea with the young people that I work with is that we can, you know, use transferable skills. So the same skill set that's actually got them into trouble, we apply that in food growth. 
or the whole idea that we have is, you know, is to get them from selling weed bags to salad bags. A lot of them have got in trouble for, you know, selling drugs and so forth. So um, the whole idea is that, you know, we, we, we learn how to, you know, create a new product, develop a product, which is food. And obviously the market for food is, you know, a market that's a global market. You know, everybody eats food. So we engage them in a range of different activities and growing, you know, foods that their potential client base would be interested in. So whether that's their parents, school teachers, local shops, you know, and restaurants, you know, the students go out and do the market research and end up distributing and selling the food. But yeah, it's not just mushrooms, it's all, you know, a range of seasonal foods that they grow themselves. Mm. Mate, that makes complete sense. And it'd be good to hear from you, um, you know, why mushrooms are important and you know, you, you kind of took us on a bit of a, a story around mushrooms when, when, when I first met you um, and, you know, the growing, uh, getting people to think about food um, and, and like you said, how it's not just a quick process where someone buys something, shovels it down and cracks on. Um, you know, you sound like you're doing really good things there, but obviously as you start to scratch under the surface and you're in front of people and you're working with people around mushrooms and fungi in general, you know, what, what are the important things that you think people need to know? Although, you know, it kind of starts, you know, there, there's multiple things, you know, you know, uh, I really believe to some degree there's like a real taboo associated with mushrooms, you know, a conspiracy theory, so to speak, just as far as why people, why people are not, you know, privy to what mushrooms are, you know, as a whole, as an organism onto, it, onto itself. Um, my interest in mushrooms came really through, you know, um, studying horticulture. Like two of my favourite areas, subject areas were soil science and composting you know i really was interested in the processes i was interested in the science behind it and i basically came to discover that the magic behind soil as well as composting was this thing called mycelium which is you know the the fungi organism part of the organism and um you know the whole process in you know us being here as human beings being being able to breathe air having this relationship with plants and trees and, you know, all of this system is really dependent upon this fungal network of mycelium, which, you know, I wasn't privy to. I didn't find out until I was in my 30s. And I was thinking, you know, it's such an important vice. And it's underneath our feet everywhere we go, but, you know, we're not really privy to it at all. So um, my interest came from that. And the more I learned about mycelium and how it was being used, you know, in science, as well as, um, you know, caught in the healing process for planet earth i was you know i was blown i was blown by it all and i i, I just gained more and more of an interest in that area so um you know my research started checking out people like paul stamets who's you know he's just like the mushroom guru he's the mushroom man and um, he's done some amazing work geared around you know the usage of usages of mushrooms mycelium and how it can be used to basically heal or save the world as he described in one of his books called mycelium running so he looks at, you know, challenges that we face on Earth, you know, keeping Earth sustainable, everything from, you know, um, depleted soil to being able to, being able to create a sustainable biofuel, being able to create material, as well as clean up polluted water, um, as well as areas where there's been nuclear disasters and so forth. He's been able to um, address these challenges all with mushrooms, you know. So these were the things that fascinated me and, you know, I just dived in, basically. Mm. And then on a practical level now, um, you know, you're you're involved in obviously the growing process 
Um, it'd be good to get into some of your workshops in a minute. But what what are you doing, say, for example, you know, with soil and with with mushroom growth at, and, you know, in Somerset House or in some of the other places that, that you're working, um, you know, with, with these things? Sure. So, you know, personally, I teach a range of different workshops and subjects, you know, so it could be anything from, you know, just basic organic food growing. And when it comes to food, you know, itself, you know, how we grow food, fundamental principles is that you know we don't need to grow food we need to grow soil and there's different ways we can grow soil but the whole idea is that we can feed this mycelium network that distributes the foods and the nutrients to the various plants and other organisms within you know within them within the soil within the you know within the soil itself and um so every area of subject type you know i pretty much speak about are we in the mycelium magic so as whether it's food growing or I teach, you know, specific mushroom growing courses where I give the people an introduction to, you know, beginners mushroom growing courses. I've also got a two day course that I run. And in fact, in May, I've got a retreat coming up where we'll be covering all things mushroom, everything from the cultivation side, the healing side of mushrooms, how to incorporate with mushrooms, how to create medicine with mushrooms, you know, it's just everything kind of mushrooms. And we'll be looking at the history of mushrooms, you know, this organism, as I mentioned, has a story that not many people are familiar with. So we'll be looking at the history of this organism and how it supported us in the here and now and got us to where we are at. Mm. And I'll definitely put I'll put a, I'll put a link to your website, mate, in the show notes. So for anyone listening, there's basically a really good list of events. So you've got a lot going on in in March and and April. And like you said, it's on a kind of tiered tiered basis, isn't it? So you've got this kind of beginners. Uh, you've got a little bit of an advanced course, um, and then you've got something going on um, just before April on. Um, it's up in Manchester, isn't it? Around. Uh, uh, the kind of like underworld. Um, it's interesting. I'd, obviously, you'll go into it more on the workshop, and I encourage people to go and check these things out. But um, you're obviously excited about delivering all of these, mate. But is there anything that particular that you want to let people know um, a, a, about some of these events and things, or is it more of you know, look, come in, commit, show up in person. You can read about these things, you can listen to podcasts, but really, it's about experiencing things, being there, being present. Totally. So yeah, I, I encourage everybody to do their Googles, you know, and just, you know, just check things out in general. There's tons of research currently being done when it comes to mushrooms and fungi. As you know, we've got the exhibition at Somerset House showcasing some of, you know, some of the, yeah, some of the new creations, potential creations that mushrooms, you know, are here to share with us. So I'd encourage people to check that out, but it's definitely an experience, a hands-on experience as well. So at my workshops, you not only come and hear me talk, which I like to do, but you get a hands-on experience. You can, you can come and learn actually how to grow mushrooms and you leave with stuff. You leave with grow kits. You grow, you know, gourmet medicinal mushrooms. You give people the opportunity to find an easy an easy way in, you know, to start that process. Um, talks themselves, the one you mentioned in Manchester, that is actually geared more around what's commonly called magic mushrooms or the psilocybin-containing mushrooms which are currently under lots of research being done in the UK, the United States, and you know around Europe, in fact, where they've been researching um, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms known as psilocybin, and have identified how it potentially can support healing modalities such as um, dementia, anxiety. They've been working with cancer patients with magic mushrooms supporting, um, yet yeah, supporting the healing process in many different areas, PTSD, another area of research that they found they've made you know um promising you know promising results in with the research that they've done 
So I talk a lot about this and share this type of information as well as the indigenous usage of these plants that these plants are are and have been used by cultures all around the world and then they've been also being used for medicine and healing within these communities so in my workshops and talks i line up the asian you know approach as well as the modern approach with the research that's being done and you know just reveal as much information about these plants as i you know my research allows me to you still there mate i'm there man are you there yeah great it's interesting because obviously there's more evidence based on on this kind of stuff like you were saying and you know now with the power of the internet people can research things they can take you know power to themselves and, and look at these things up but um is it correct you've kind of been doing a lot of this stuff since uh 2010 2011 you know what what do you think the shift's been because like you you said it it, it is taboo a bit you know, there's there's more and more momentum from the average person now hearing things about this, reading things, you know, listening to people like yourself. Um, it's you know, ten years or so, there's been a there's been a big shift, and you've obviously been in, entrenched in it. You know, what how how do you think that's happened? Do you think it's just access to information? You know, more of these kind of research institutes finding positive outcomes and 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 putting more money into this kind of thing. Like, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's that and more, um, you know, w- without sounding too airy-fairy, I really think that, you know, there's a consciousness, you know, that's, you know, around and involved, you know, being involved within people based on multiple reasons, whether it's the challenges people face in life, you know, or people just wanting to have a better life, better options, and are looking at alternatives, you know, so whether it was, you know, yoga, meditation, and all different, you know, alternative forms of, you know, lifestyle approaches, I believe over a period of time, this is, you know, um, filtered in simply because it's complementary to a lot of the, you know, the alternative approaches to life that people are taking. So once you get into, you know, spirituality, or, you know, or, you know, organic food, growing and eating, or, you know, you're looking at how you can heal your body, to become a better vehicle for yourself, you start a journey of, you know, self-development. And many people on that journey end up coming into this information and the fact that it's now being invested and it's now being researched, it's obviously, it's now easily accessible. It's given people some kind of, you know, an option as well as confidence in seriously looking at these things and not seeing it as this kind of weird drug kind of, you know, hippie thing. You know, it actually is and can be used for healing and just, you know, creating an alternative lifestyle for yourself if you're dissatisfied with the one that you're currently facing. But most people that I meet, these are the reasons why, you know, they're they're interested at least in in finding out more about this subject. Then there's some people who have some real challenging, you know, um, experiences, whether it's, you know, um, cluster headaches, for example, and, you know, somebody who, you know, facing severe headaches to the point where they feel like they may want to or need to commit suicide and you know their medicine isn't working they've come to find out that magic mushrooms can you know help them in that in that process in their healing and um, unfortunately it's illegal in this country so people are having to travel and go to other places around the world to have these experiences but getting the results and then obviously come back home to letting people know they've had these experiences it's working for them and it's creating as I said, a raising in consciousness awareness around this subject. Mm. Yeah, like lifting the lid, so to speak. So, you know, with the development of this area and, 
because um, again, I, I look back into some some past interviews and things with you, and 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 um, learned that you used to teach not full time, but obviously it was it was a huge part of, of of what you were doing. And like you said, when we first started the chat around schools and things like that, how do you how do you balance your time now, mate? Because obviously you're going out, you're a speaker, you're doing things like these podcasts, you're doing your workshops. Um, it's obviously an exciting time, and you're really well placed. But how are you finding things as an individual? How do you um, manage things you know how do you stay energized and, and efficient do you obviously take learnings and and you've developed your lifestyle to be able to be consistent or you know do you do you still find um, workload overloading uh, you, yourself sometimes how does that go yeah sure man I'm like most human beings out here you know uh, I, I plan to achieve more and do more than I actually manifest based on you know over committing myself at times you know all the rest of it I have the same challenges as anybody else but what makes it easier for me personally in, in the choices that I've made is that I've made you know approaches that are complementary to the lifestyle choices that I make you know the things that I'm doing are actually what I really like doing I like talking about these things I like delivering workshops geared around things I'm really interested in so for me it gives me a drive and a fuel that allows me to you know, do the work that I do you know I, I manage and you know do all the things that anybody else would do whether it's a nine-to-five or as you know in a world where you're a freelancer and you know creating your own opportunities you just got to be able to you know coordinate yourself some way so yes I have to apply some lessons that I've learned as well as what I teach so you know permaculture one of the subject matters that I teach is geared around you know sustainability and food growing and, and development and in designing but I use permaculture to make my lifestyle sustainable make sure that I'm making the right decisions and I'm not over committing and the decisions that I make are complementary to the current path that I'm on and not you know a distraction or taking me off track so yeah you know I have to use and apply the same lessons that I'm inspired by and that I teach in my workshops and for for someone listening who's you know passionate about as as you are about about their subject matter and and they're kind of on the fence about right I really want to get out and do this now and and start to speak publicly um obviously it's 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 a craft that that you constantly develop and it's a huge part of your job now what would you say to those people in terms of preparing uh, to speak in front of a group when maybe you know like you said they're uh, they're researching and 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 reading and, and and interested in things but the next step is to get it out and project it to a large room because especially when we met you know there was a huge room of people we were all ready to dine it was quite a fancy place you know you came in and absolutely rocked it and that's why I wanted to get you on the show so um you know how do you prepare to to speak publicly and what would you say to people about on you know being on the fence of that kind of thing too so i don't know if my experience will be you know um well received um which which i would share which has basically got me to where i currently am where i feel confident enough to speak publicly in the way that i do that can engage you know diverse audience majority of my training that came from the students that i've been working with over the you know last six to seven years in particular um, they're the so-called hard-to-reach groups. Mm. Um, so my advice would be if anybody gets the opportunity to work with 14 you know, to 21-year-olds who have been kicked out of school, um, just returning from prison and stuff like that, these are the most challenging students I've ever had to teach. But it's been the most rewarding simply because of the skills that it allowed me to develop. Because pretty much I was going into classrooms working with students who didn't want to know the subject matter 
that I was teaching and wasn't interested. Most 14 to 17 year olds at school or college didn't want to come to the gardening class. You know, they had other options, other things that they wanted to do. But whoever I had in the room, I had to find interesting, fun, engaging ways in keeping them interested in the class. So that's basically how I learned my trade for public speaking. Because once I was able to speak with, you know, a group of 15 to 20 students who, you know, basically didn't want to be there and let me know that, you know, really clearly, um, I then transitioned into speaking to people in an audience who actually wanted to be there and were interested in what I was teaching and sharing. So therefore that transition into that, you know, into that new arena was um, pretty easy for me, you know, based on my, my experience. So um, I say all that to say that it's, it'd be, it's best to go out and have the experiences, you know, uh, micro teaching, teaching your, you know, your friends, your family members, you know, being in spaces where you're, you talk about subject matter that you're interested in. And as long as it's something you're genuinely interested in, I think it, it, it leads you a long way, you know, as far as, you know, um, engaging people and feeling, you know, all them feeling the passion coming from you because it's something you're really interested in. Mm. So, um, yes, you build, you know, and get into it and speak more and more about it and it, it becomes more natural than having to be rehearsed. And that's what I found. Mm. Yeah, it's obviously, it sounds simple, but like you said, it's just practice and it's often practicing in front of people, like you said, that don't necessarily want to hear the message. And can you find some kind of way into them, get them interested, get them engaged? Mate, that's actually awesome. If we if we can dovetail a little bit into the, the side of things, the growth side of things, mate, because obviously my day job's a nutritionist. So I love to speak to people about food and things like that. And, um, you know, a lot of my listener base will... Uh, in in the city and you know not everyone has access to outdoor space allotments you know what what can what can the average person do in terms of if they've got a windowsill use a window basket you can buy these kind of little small packs where you can you can make kind of not make you can grow you know sprouted seeds and things in the house you know in your experience um what what can what can you uh advise people to do if they're interested in getting involved in this in their own homes there you go. You, you just said it, man. That's exactly what people need to do. You know, I know. You know, I'm, I'm I'm born and bred in London. You know, I've always lived in restricted areas where there's a limited green space that I'm able to grow on, and um, that's the current situation for most people living in apartments. And that's some of the workshops that we get around that I deliver are for the urban growers. You know, that grow in London that we've got minimum space. So whether you think you have a growing space or not, I'm I'm there to remind you and reinforce that you do have whether that's a balcony you know, or a windowsill, you, you know, that's your growing space and you work with what you've got. And then um, you start with growing things that you like to eat, you know, or complement the things that you like to eat. So if you've got a windowsill, you start with, you know, growing some of those herbs, you know, that you know you, you tend to put on the foods that you, that you would cook, you know, and if you do have an outdoor space, you can, you know, you know or a balcony even, you can develop a, a rapist bed. You know, you might not have the best soil, but with a raised bed, you can create a system that you can be growing multiple foods all year round. You know, these are, you know, um, different approaches to urban growing that you can grow wherever you live, you know, in a flat or you have acres of land, that, you know, acres of land that you access. So um, it's basically about getting out, learning, you know, learning the basic skills of growing and experimenting, playing, having fun with growing your own food that you like to eat. You know, that's basically what I encourage people to do. Those are the first steps. Mm. I mean, yeah so that's so good to hear it from someone like yourself as well because you have to adapt and like you said again it, t- it takes time to get into this kind of thing but once you've got a little bit of the equipment you've got a bit of the know-how you know there's, there's definitely opportunities to still do this in the city 
Um, mate, before we before we close off, as as a little bit of a teaser, because I want people to obviously follow what you do. I want people to check out your workshops. The the origins, history, and future of psychedelics. That is obviously incredibly loaded title. Um, can you just maybe t- like touch on on what you're going to be kind of uh, talking about and and getting people to think about in in that workshop before we go? Sure, man. So that's actually one of the first presentations I actually put together that was inspired by some of the research that I was doing just for my own personal research. I, you know, you know, 10, 10, 11 years ago when I first started, you know, checking out psychedelics for what they were, um, I had to, you know, find out, go to all the places where people were talking about this stuff. And the more and more I went there, I was, you know, highly inspired. But at the same time, being someone of African and Caribbean heritage, and um, interested in indigenous cultures all around the world, I felt that there was, you know, quite a few gaps in the stories that were being told, just as far as, you know, me just being interested in the role that Africa has in psychedelics, or, you know, in Asia, you know, how is it used, and then what do they use it for? And although there was great information being shared at these places, there was, as I said, there's areas that I felt I was interested in that the answers were not being, you know, being delivered. So it, I took it upon myself to do some research and I shared it with, you know, some key people and that's what you've got there, the origins, history and future of psychedelics. And what I basically do within that presentation is take you back to the dawn of time, you know, when this current period of humans, you know, were f- um, found navigating a different continents around, you know, around the world and the knowledge and wisdom that they took with them in relation to these plants that were very closely related to their spiritual systems and their, you know, their day-to-day um, way of life in some cases, I share the relationship of these plants and these people and how they migrated from Africa into, you know, Asia and Europe and how these traditions have filtered into traditions that we're very familiar with today. And as well as the healing that the research is suggesting that the psychedelics can support us with, I show you how in the ancient world, in the current world in certain places, there's various groups that use these plants for very similar reasons. And, you know, so we just really go into it and then we look at how we can co-create the future using these ancient modalities with these new modern ones and how they can help us in the, in, in the here and now and future. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Yes. I can't, I can't, lovely people, I can't recommend, you know, going to, to listen to Darren in person enough. So you'll find all the links to the show notes and the workshops he's doing and, um, mate, look, thanks so much for your time. Obviously, we, you know, I could, I could consume uh, so much information from you um, for so many hours but it's nice to just get you on the show introduce you um, hear a little bit about your background and things and um, yeah just get people talking about this subject matter you know mushrooms but then obviously la- uh, wider growing food um, if people are interested in psychedelics and things there's a roadmap there for for people to kind of dip their toe into and, and read and, and listen to people in person that have gone through some of these experiences so it's just something I'm more interested in and, and just as as a bit of a fan I kind of wanted to to get you on and, and, and get people uh, hearing from you mate so um, yeah before we go how can people keep in touch with you? Hey, well, my man, I'm available on social media. You know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook under the name Darren LeBaron. That's Darren L-E Baron. And that's my website also, DarrenLeBaron.com. Um, you know, I'm available via those um, medias. And yeah, really, you know, available to engage with people and point people in the right direction if that's needed. 
Um, at the same time, I just really want to give you a shout out, but give me the opportunity to share on your platform. You know, you never know what happens when you're doing an event or a talk here or there, and you meet and connect with people who are inspired. And I've checked out what you're doing, and I'm also inspired. So I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully, yeah, we can cross paths again. And I would also like to invite you to the talk, man. If you're around in London on that day, feel free to come down. You could be my guest. No, I'd love to, I'd, and I'll, de- I'll I'll definitely be, you know, after the show, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about which workshops and things I can come to. But no, mate, I appreciate that. You know, my plan with the with the podcast is always to do a hundred episodes. I said, I think this when this goes out, this will be ninety two or ninety three, and I just said do a hundred episodes, grease the groove, meet people, uh, connect with people, chat, and um, mate, from my perspective, it just starts off the week so well connecting with someone new chatting when i've got some free time around some of the other work that i do it's uh, it's great so no re- like really really pleasurable conversation and um yeah as always lovely people if you like the show please share it stay in touch with darren check out his workshops and yeah have a healthy week